I like this a lot. To Eli Halper and I'm Giggle Boys. Uh, and I'm Mike Eaton. Uh, today we're joined by a very special guest. It's Jonathan Kite. Hi. <laughs> I know there's something. What's up, guests. man? What's up, dude? I just ran into you last night on the street and I was like, hey, good to see you again. Austin is the new Paris. Yeah. Paris, huh? Yeah, because they, they said if you sit in a cafe. Armpits. Oh. oh, yeah. Uh, I, was saying, I was gonna say no one wears deodorant. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh I was gonna make an Eiffel Towering joke. Yeah. You baguette. I just wanted to, uh, to hold on that. Um, uh, but we, no, because they said in Paris, if you sit at a cafe, you'll run into everybody oh. at some point. And literally on the street, I ran into you last night, and I said I'd been trying to get on the podcast. That's so funny. And then we just fucking ran into each other. I was hammered. Yeah, yeah dude, me too. I haven't been that drunk in probably a year. It's a good time. I had so much fun. What uh, What was the, the occasion for getting that um, hammered? Friday. <laughs> I was no, I was um I was celebrating coming out as autistic. So let me ask you this. Cuz I I'm doing autism jokes now on yeah. stage for real. Yeah. And um I just don't make eye contact with the crowd. Well, that's yeah. what I said. I, I talk about Elon Musk, and I go, I go. If you don't, you know, when people get uncomfortable about it, I go, oh, so you don't support Elon Musk? Yeah. Like yeah. I try to turn it on them immediately. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, how, wait, sorry, how, how many? How, but I lose them when I go, sorry, how many of you in here are autistic? And then that just loses <laughs> well, it would everyone be really funny that was on my side. A number of people raise your hand. You're like, oh, 23. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't even have to count. <laughs> Dude, I said that. So just instinctively new. I was at a show that was so sparse the other night, and like maybe like 30 people there, and like five people clapped, and I was like, I go, I'm the Rain Man of knowing claps. I was like, that was five of you, definitely five of you. It's <laughs> fucking perfect. Yeah, I was saying how I am allowed to say the word retard because I'm retarded, and if you have a problem with that. You're bullying me because I'm autistic and you're a bigot. That's a lot. Wow, that is, sentence. is that your opening line? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not a joke. Guys, this is my opener. <laughs> is this your Tinder profile? I don't do that on stage. That's a, just in conversation with people. Uh, you Guys, you're retarded and I can say that. And then at the, at the end of it, he goes, hi, I'm Eli. <laughs> that's on his, your business card. That's R word. R, yeah. the R word? Yeah. Oh, so fun. God. Well, good to see you. Yeah. <laughs> Good to see you. Good night, guys. Yeah. <laughs> guys, that's my oh. time. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you can't say that. So you're in town for South By. I'm in town for South By, and uh, we were saying this off mic. I was surprised. I thought there was going to be more comedy shows. I mean, I'm on one tomorrow night, and, and I'm hopefully going to jump on a couple more, but yeah, everything is rented. It's so bonkers. So it because Austin has been a music and film town yeah, of course. for much longer than it's been a comedy town, and those people have money. Like, like, you know, stand-up until you're at the very upper echelons is a poor man's game. But so. even stand-up, when you, like, go to the Oddball Tour or whatever, they have to have, like, the ghost of Rodney Dangerfield so that they can charge that money. Those lineups are in Netflix. You'd have to watch, like, ten Netflix specials in a row yeah. to see the people that are on those lineups. Which is fair. Yeah. But so it, it's much harder, though. They all have to be in one place. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, I mean, like, there are, like, the, some shows that happen during South By, but it's, it's just going to be movies. 
like for the most part. So there's not much to hop on. I'm trying to get yeah. see that Nicolas Cage movie tonight. God, it looks so fucking good. I, I so I have never said this publicly. My be- one of my uh, best friends, my writing partner Christian, we wrote this movie not knowing that you know when like um, Armageddon and Deep Impact came out. Yeah, we wrote this movie two years ago. No, but way. but no, they didn't steal it from us. We didn't. We just had the same idea. Yeah. with Nicolas Cage. Where he goes to um, this really rich, I think a drug lord or whatever, yeah. and that is the plot where they be- wind up becoming friends. That's so awesome. Just because Are I'm you familiar. No, I haven't heard about this at all. There's a Nicolas Cage movie that's coming out, and the plot of the movie is that a very rich family, and I think South America, mm-hmm. hires Nicolas Cage to come and be in like their play and like or in their like party. Yeah, I thought it was for like a birthday party or yeah, something. Yeah, and then he gets kidnapped. As part of it, but it's a Nick Cage movie starring Nick Cage about real life Nick Cage. About how he needs the money. Yeah, he's like, I've been doing these shitty movies and I'm broke, so I'm just going to do, like, you know all the people that are doing Cameo? He's just yeah. like, a step above that. Yeah, his Cameo is coming to theaters this spring. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Dude, it's it's such a great, and I, I mean, I, w- I can't wait to see it. I'm not upset about the movie at all, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we... I, I loved what we put together. I can't wait to see this. I'm the biggest Nicolas Cage fan. I fucking yeah. love that guy. And I'll watch anything that he's in. And the fact that he has a sense of humor about his position in life. I mean, it's like people forget, you know, the thing about him is like, I truly believe that there, he is an artist. Wait, mm-hmm. so he's playing himself? Yes. Yeah. I feel like we're doing an infomercial for the movie right now. Yeah. Wait, so he... Nicholas, I'm sold. Yeah, yeah I'm dude, sold. Yeah. Did you see Pig. No, I haven't yet. Dude, was he was great? awesome, man. It was so good. But he does. Here's the thing. Did you ever see um uh, a bad lieutenant uh, poured in New Orleans? Or no. by I the, saw. <laughs> put the bunny in the yeah, we box. Saw hot air. Bro, the oh, best. Yeah. yeah, we we were going to Vegas for a work trip. Cameron Poe day job. That's yeah. his, that was his name in in Con air. And we okay. we check into our hotel and we're like, all right, let's party in Vegas. Let's wait until we go down to meet everybody. And we just turn on the TV. And we see Dave Chappelle. Yeah. And we're like, what fucking movie is Chappelle in? And then we see uh, Cyrus the Virus. Yeah, uh, John Malkovich. John Malkovich. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then Nicolas Cage with his long hair. We're like, what He's, the fuck? You had never seen the movie before? No. No. And, and we were we were high as fuck. And didn't know and, the movie existed. Yeah, and he's and just screaming, put the bunny in the box. 45 minutes in. Oh, they're my. already on the no. plane. So the best part of the movie, my favorite line of the whole movie, is when they're like doing the, the schematic. Yeah. And they're, they have the whole thing, the can set up, and they're going to talk about how they're going to land. They have to get the plane out of there. And he goes, and, and Cyrus, uh, John Malkovich, has a stick, and he's sort of PowerPointing it. And he's like, this is the runway, and this is the thing. And then someone's like, well, what's that, Cyrus? He goes, that's a rock. He's like, it's it. It's fucking, it's dynamite, bro. <laughs> it's such a good, he's such a bizarre human being. And by the way, the fact that he embraces that, because by the way, I would be lucky. Any, I feel like when there, he has a lot of critics out there. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. For him to get to that level where people are that critical about his like, failures or whatever that they quote them, I'm like, this guy has an Academy Award for an incredible performance. Raising Arizona, uh, Honeymoon in Vegas. He's an exceptionally talented comedic actor. National treasure. That dude. By I the fucking way, loved those movies. Those sure movies are incredible. What about what about <laughs> what about uh, what about uh, The Rock? Yeah, dude. That was the first R-rated movie I ever saw. Is that true? Yeah, it was the first one my parents let me see, and that guy's face getting melted. I still think about. Oh yeah, with the gas. Yeah. Never seen it. You never seen it? It's about alcohol. I haven't seen like seventy percent of this shit you guys talk about. Yeah. <laughs> hey, have you seen? You got to, we. Have, you and I got to hang out, and we got to do a Nicolas Cage movie marathon, baby. Yeah, <laughs> they're all, all right. hit. Now oh. he got some stinkers in there, but you know what? 
he is awesome because whatever he is doing, it's like Christopher Walken. By the way, I don't think it's Lord of War, dude. It's that was a good so one. good. He goes with the bling bling when they put the uh, when they put the gunpowder in the cocaine and he makes him snort mm -hmm. it. Yeah, oh yeah, we ended up doing that. Dude, we did we're, too. We're so stupid. Yeah, have you snorted gunpowder and cocaine? No, I haven't been to uh, Africa. <laughs> yeah, you can do it in America. We oh, did it. Do Virginia. they have it here now? No, you just buy. You just the open. Two. Oh, you just yeah. gotta buy a bullet out of a bullet. Well, I was a, hanging out with <laughs> out of a gun in rural Virginia, and you guys did it, and we were like, "Let's see." Hang let's on, see is the whole thing the bullet, or is it just the tip? The whole thing's a bullet, yeah. but then what comes off is the case. The case, yeah. Yeah, you pull the casing off. All right. yeah. yeah, much like a sausage. <laughs> you don't want to see how it's made, though. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, uh, so of all the crazy comedy shows, you said sausages. I did a show with their guest on the show, Dean Stanfield. He's a big redneck guy, and he hunts uh, pigs. So we Dean made... Sanfield, the mullet. Yes. I love him. He, yeah. I, he hosted the first show I ever did out here, which was Smoking Barrels. Fuck yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a sweetheart. So Dean makes sausage. So he had the idea to have a sausage comedy show where we made sausage on stage. You know, uh, the uh, phrase of things you don't want to see, how the sausage gets made. Dude. <laughs> we made it get seen. <laughs> can I tell you, I was thinking about, I have these terrible ideas um, yes. for, uh, for, uh, for like doing a comedy tour. Like I have one of them where I just want to go to hostels all over Europe and call it Jonathan Kite's Hostel Takeover. <laughs> so like you'll get like, you know, four people at a yep. laundromat like who don't give a shit who are like, yep. this is not what we're here for. And I'm like, I, that's my time. But I had another <laughs> one where I would do what I would do premises of jokes where I promised I would never work them out in front of a crowd and um and i would go up and film it and put together a compilation of those so i would never do the same joke twice so like i have a joke right now that i'm working on about how strong babies are that are oh. born in women with iud's like do you understand how strong that baby has to be <laughs> and cool. so like that chunk and i would do it in front of a crowd that's never seen it before and that i've never done that i'd write the full bit and i would tape them all and put them together as a special and call it how a sausage is made because you never oh, want to see it because it's the process fun. because right now as comics we get we're getting critiqued so hard yeah. for our fails or not our fails but like our our learning curve which is our you know our school is the environment yeah and the fact that we're getting criticized now for that where it's like dude this isn't perfect like i don't have this but the fact that that's what it's like no no screw the final product like we want mm -hmm. to get it at the ground floor when it's in its infancy people are trying to kill the baby and you're like dude we i just got here yeah. And but to really put something out there and be like, well, this is what that looks like. Dude, that's fucking You you told me something very interesting about how you started comedy. How you had to like fill an hour. That's true, actually. Yeah. I did tell you this. You said that three months in, right? So I was doing two broke girls. Oh, some people have heard of it. CBS, yeah. um, kind of a whatever. And um, so the show is great, and it's the one thing that we are get, that you never get guaranteed in life, which is the the promise of a second season. So we uh -huh. did well enough where we knew we were coming back, but I couldn't take a single job in the summer because everything is so restricted time wise, yeah. and no schedule is like TV schedule, right? Like it's a hard in, a hard out, whatever. So we had to start in August, and we were done in like I don't know late. May maybe I can't remember maybe late April so I had a little Shit. bit of time and I went to the uh, improv and shout out to Taylor Williamson and Ian Edwards who are two of my really good buddies hell yeah and we would just go hang because I I had worked on a, a sketch show um uh, with Ian before and Taylor and I had like met just acting and so I would go watch them do stand up and one night Ian was like yo you should just do stand up yeah and so. From that moment, I talked to my agents at the time, and they go, well, you, you, you can't do anything that isn't an hour. Like, nobody will buy something. Even if you're on TV, no one's paying for, like, your hot eight minutes. And so with, <laughs> yeah. like, two of crowd work. So I literally 
had to write an hour, and I did my first hour October 31st at the Comedy Zone in North Carolina. Shout out to those guys for putting me up. Wow. And Pablo Francisco let me open for him at Cobbs in San Francisco when I'd only been doing comedy for a month. Wow. Damn. And it was so... So you're like a hot girl. Dude. <laughs> yo, fast pass, bro. straight to but, you, dude. but you know what's funny is because here's the thing. They'll always book you once. Yeah. But, but if you can't do the hour... And the thing was, like, I was able... Because they called... We knew that they called Comedy Zone after to be like, how did he do? Yeah. And I was able to book after that. That's... How did you feel about your performances that early on? Um, so I could do... It's something we were talking about right off the Aquaman stuff. Like, yeah. I would do... Like, the first joke I ever wrote was Ray Romano having a nightmare. And it was... <laughs> Mom! 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 And so I would do, like, enough impressions and enough characters that I felt comfortable with doing it. But the truth is... I would say I was trying to, like, my first hour should have been called Surviving the Hour because <laughs> it, it was, I, I was, like, and the thing about Comedy Zone is in, in, in Carolina, they have a timer at the bottom of the stage, which yeah. I fucking, as a new comic, as like a brand new, like, with, you know, with fluid still on me, I was, like, fresh out the womb. That was really <laughs> fucking helpful, dude. Yeah. Like, really helpful. And so, you know, and, and it was cool, and, but the craziest thing was, I understand this, and I respect co- comedy so much. I mean, I grew up watching everything that I possibly could and so I was a fan of it and I didn't want tell me I was just asking for the puff I'm sorry. oh the oh. puff no no so the idea was I I hate when people like when people in my position who have done TV film whatever it is are like oh I think I'll go do comedy yeah. like I fuck, <laughs> yeah. I you know that's like I hate that and by the way if you do it and again, I was that person, but I really was like going to open mics as much as I can, getting to know the community, hanging out at the clubs. I was lucky and and very lucky because friends of mine that were already doing it, like Eric Andre, Andrew Santino, those type of friends who were is so nice to me because mm-hmm. we had known each other from, from acting gigs. So I would go and hang out with them. So I feel like, you know, but maybe by association, people were nice to me. I don't know why, but I wanted to put in and, and respect it because I do have such, I'm in awe of people who are great standups. And I just believe that that yeah. is one of the hardest things to do in the world from a performing standpoint. Did you ever get that feeling like early on when you watch those guys do it and you're like, well, what the fuck am I? That's stand up. What am I doing? Dude, I still think that. Yeah. I will tell you, I did a show the other night and somebody was just so great. And I was just like, well, time for me to go take a shit up there. <laughs> like I, and, I, and I've been in it for 10 years. Yeah. And, I, and I, I still do. I mean, I do it with incredible regularity. It's not like yeah. I, I do think that acting is still how I pay my bills and it's my main way of life. But, but I'm try to get up at the clubs like three, four nights a week, and I and I'm out of town. I got a huge, I, well, huge tour, but um, um, no, it's five inches. Trust me, and um, it's uh, I got a tour coming up. Like I'm Fuck actively yeah. always doing it, and I just I love it so much. But I always think when I see somebody great, even if my shit, I know will have crushed it a mic just before this, I'll be like, oh, I'll see somebody. I'll be like, oh man, they're gonna hate me. Yeah, this is not as good as that last guy. I, How I did feel- you become friends with Eric Andre? Yeah, so I was about we, to say he's going to come his pants about that. So we, um, Eric Arnold's my favorite person. He's a total piece of shit. <laughs> no, so he. Um, so I heard first he's a off, gentle lover, and he's um, very hung. Oh, <laughs> dude, his lips. I was like, my god, there's there's so much there's so much Johnson and Johnson <laughs> on those lips. So he goes up um, the so vaccine. We, yeah. Yeah, that was well, one of them that is big. That he got only one shot here. Yeah. <laughs> but he uh, he came. To an audition that I that I think we, we met in an audition, right? Like he was there. Were you guys auditioning for the same role? <laughs> yeah, for a Jewish guy. 
And he was like, yeah. I he, got this. He, he's like, he goes, I'm bluish, black and Jewish, black and Jewish. And that's, one like, that's one of his jokes. Yeah. He's the best. We No, I think we came, we arrived at the same audition and we were both like, oh, oh, for the, oh yeah, for the sketch show. So we, I think that's where I met him. But but we were, we kept going through the, uh, we got to the next round and we kept going and we were very, um, yeah, I think we walked back to our cars after being like, we were like, wow, wow, that didn't go well. Or like, we took a big, big old piece of shit in there. Yeah. And then, and then we walked back and hung out in the, in the parking lot. Cause we realized we'd parked near each other and we want, we wound up getting, we both wound up getting the sketch show. That's fucking dope. Yeah. He's a great, and then he did, he was on Two Broke Girls for a year. He played, um, uh, Kat Dennings' boyfriend on the show. Oh. For a year, yeah, he was great, and so it was awesome because I hadn't really gotten to hang with him since we had done the sketch show together. I uh, I had never seen Two Broke Girls until we met. Uh, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I just, I don't watch sitcoms. So Eli, tell <laughs> what's his name. Uh, um, episode four is my favorite. Uh, but thank you. So I hadn't seen it until we met at yeah. Sunset. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, oh, let's watch this. It's fucking great. Thanks, Very man. Funny. Th- those shows aren't going on anymore. I, I mean, I'm sure. Oh, so, so the Sunset guys are the nicest dudes in the world. I love them. They like their top priority is taking care of comics, which there's not enough of. So they've had on like two or three separate occasions where the owner of the Sunset venue, um, because just like backstory on that venue, the guy that owns the actual property bought that to rent to Google and Facebook for private concerts. So that's why it's set up that way is because it's perfect for music. I thought it was for wedding venues. Well, so it, it may have been that before, but so he bought it for the concerts and he did that in 2020. And then no oh, concerts. Yeah. So they're like, well, what the fuck can we do? And then these two at, like genius businessmen comedy guys are like, well, let's fucking make it a comedy club. Awesome. So it's crushing. But as things yeah, have started to come back. They're relocating. People have started to book music stuff there last minute. And so on a couple of occasions, he has canceled day of or day before shows where they've flown people in. They've put them up. They've promoted. They've sold 200 tickets. And all of that is still so much less than what the music people are willing to pay. That it's they're just to them they want to treat comics right and that's not a good thing to do to comics. Well, so. that's I think and and I'm sure there are people that will disagree with me. Hitler, yeah. that um <laughs> that the idea that that uh that people look at music and comedy as the same, and so like a promoter like who does the music and by the way that's his their venue he she I don't you know who, yeah. who owns it but it's like, but but the idea is that for an in, comedy takes. Um, just like music, and it's in, in like they're their cousins or their or their you know mm-hmm. their their siblings. They're the same, but they're different. Yeah, like you to set that up to, ha- but they they need to respect because the people you do comedy shows all the time. I'm sure we've all done them where they're like, yeah, like we're just gonna do it in a room that used mm-hmm. to be a dentist office, and you're like, this is terrible for comedy. These lights are goddamn <laughs> the, the brightness level of the sun. Like everything takes like, and same with music, right? If the sounds not just not right, mm-hmm. and people don't respect, I think that comedy doesn't get the respect that music does because it doesn't bring in the same amount of money. Well, and music is pretty it's, fucking cool. No, it's universal. No, that's what I was going to say. It's universal. But I do think that they're, like you need people who can respect it at the same level. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it will never be as profitable. It will never be as relatable. Like I look at... Well, it's just it doesn't have the, the time constraint. Music, you can re-listen to a song. That's what I mean. Yeah, so the relatability. More, it, it, yeah. It, it, well, dude, it, the first time I did, I rap for an audience and the whole crowd's doing that. Like I've made crowds laugh a bunch. But I've never experienced that before. Just oh, having dude. people like into your music, that was a different feeling and it was very cool. Well, that's why all comedians, they always say comedians want to be rock stars. Rock mm-hmm. stars. It's like, um, yeah, it's like when you see Bon Jovi and he's like doing a tight five in between living on a prayer and yeah. wanted dead or alive. And I was like, this guy is terrible and crushing at the same yeah. time. And I love Bon Jovi as a musician, not as a comedian. 
Um, his comedy album is... He's actually my favorite comedian. Yeah. yeah. Dude, his Spotify comedy, it's like better than most. It's no Neil Young, but it's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Dude, Neil, what, is, what do you think Neil Young's doing right now? Crying into money, I don't know. Hunting? His, his life's fine. He, that's that's exactly right. His life is just All of this fine. shit is so fabricated for like the working class to be interested in stuff that they've never been bothered by. <laughs> Dude, nobody's ever difference? thought about it. They never thought about it. <laughs> What's the difference between Neil Young and Ted Nugent? Hold on. Uh, this isn't a premise for a joke. Oh. I'm just, I'm, I get them mixed up. Uh, oh, Neil, Ted Nugent is a pedophile that shit himself to get out of the war. And Ooh. Neil Young is a talented Old man, musician. look at my life. That's okay, Neil Young. Yeah, right. yeah, that's so Neil Young. Young is Canadian. Yeah. Ted Nugent is the Motor City Madman, yeah. who is famous for his, uh, I guess, pedophilia and yeah. shitting himself. I didn't know. Yeah. But, um, but, I'm gonna, but you know what? I don't like him, so I'll believe you. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah and he goes, he's, he's all about meeting and hunting. And he goes, he sort of looks like a, he's, he's a bad, like um, he's like a Sam Elliott relative that like Sam Elliott won't talk about. Yeah, yeah. He's you the know. one that stopped getting invited to Thanksgiving. Yeah, he Did goes, guys, Rogan? Yeah. a pickup truck. With his own turkey. Guys, yeah. I just killed this on the way over. <laughs> who wants to fuck it? Like, oh, okay. Dude, yeah, that, yeah. I was dude, working at that dude, and I was like, who is it? Because he has this, he has a face like the white Grinch. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'll see you guys in your dreams. Yeah. <laughs> I listen to him on Rogan, and I'm like, just I, like, I don't mind listening to crazy people. Yeah. And, um, but I couldn't watch the video. You know how they, they have, like, on Spotify? Because yeah, yeah. I was just like, he goes, here's the thing about that. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you should have been a wrestler. Like, you and Randy. Yeah. It's, it's Jack Skellington. Do you remember when he's talking he about the, the... What's up? It's Jack Skellington before he died. Hilarious. <laughs> it's just like yes. Fucking... You remember when he's talking about going pig hunting in a helicopter? Yeah. And how they're, cool. like, asking him for gas money? He's like, who are you to tell me that I can't pay for gas when I go up in a helicopter to shoot pigs? <laughs> and I was like, what a fucking clip right there. You do, like, yeah. what a fucking sentence. I wanted to be like, I wanted to be like, can we fact check the question that he was actually asked? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not sure that's what he was being asked. <laughs> Dude, he, yeah, no, he, he goes off on these, like, tirades, and, um, yeah, he is a, um, he, I think if, I, I think he, he is, Maybe in my mind, and maybe because I'm so sheltered, but he's what a lot of people don't like about a certain faction of the population. Mm -hmm. Like he's like, yeah, he's like the poster child for sort of um for like a. a I want him and Kid Rock to make a song together, dude. How have they not? They're both from Michigan. They headline the the RNC. That's dude, that would crazy. Be <laughs> By the way, you're so right. Why have they not done something together? Yeah. That would be amazing. They should put out a diss track against Eminem. Business Mike. <laughs> that would be. Oh, dude, I, I lit, bro, that would be, the state, the dude, that should be the verses. Yeah. Yo, those two guys up there just sort of lit. Kid Rock and Nugent versus Eminem. Are we just doing Detroit stuff so no, they can play Michigan. Motown? Yeah, and no, ICP's going to do the fucking interim. Oh, my God. <laughs> They're from Michigan, too? Yeah. Huh. From, from, <laughs> from, from, from Fago County, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I'm not a big fan of Michigan. Fago Cola, I, I don't know if that's a Yeah, Rock and Rye Cola. Yeah, yeah, right. Fago, wait, wait, wait. It's also who'd you say was the other one? Oh, uh, Uncle, Uncle Cracker? Cracker. Yeah, bro, he was a guy. Let me just say this: I, I have too many opinions about Uncle. Cracker. That's <laughs> yeah. the name. Of, that's the name of my podcast that I'm simultaneously recording too many opinions about Uncle Cracker. Um, that the idea is I don't know who that is. Follow me and everything is all right. Okay. You never. Yeah, come yeah. on, dude. Yeah, you don't. And my Uncle Cracker impression, obviously. That's I'm, literally I'm, what it says on Spotify, Uncle Cracker. Yeah, yeah. with a K. With a K. Yeah. Huh. All right. Knowing him, three. 
Yeah. No, no. So, uh, uh, shout out to Uncle Cracker. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, the idea is like, I, because I used to be obsessed with American Idol. I auditioned for it season four, Wikipedia. And um, I got pretty far. I got pretty far. And um, and the idea was they were looking for like a rock guy. I mean, not the uh, Muppet you see in front of you, but yeah. I was a much younger man. And um, that was the year that it was like Bo Bice. Um, shout out to Bo oh, Bice. Yeah. And shout out to Constantine Maroulis. And, um, and so, uh, but, and, uh, uh, and uh, Carrie Underwood, shout out to Seond. Um, I know that one. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Okay. I had to name the obscure. You don't start with Carrie Underwood because then, then Bo Bice is like, hey, dude, his, his audition song was Whip, Whipping Post, Wikipedia. So the thing is, um, so the thing, the craziest thing about it was they were looking for a, like a rock person at that point, and I fucking loved, uh, uh, just I loved American Idol. I loved that like somebody whatever it became it probably always was we just didn't know it but it's like the fact that they could pluck these people out of obscurity kelly clarkson yeah like what an amazing story because like essentially that is the american dream like people from mm -hmm. nothing can rise to everything and so i loved the idea of it whether it was bullshit or not it warmed my heart and um but uncle cracker was one of these guys where he was like a legit artist that was not from a reality show but he was a guy that i felt like i'm like dude this guy should have done that route mm -hmm. because i think that he would have gotten way more famous than just covering he because he did like um i think he covered uh, doc of the bay by otis redding mm -hmm. that was like another big one of his but his second biggest song was a cover and i would hear it and i'm like dude you, you should have been on american idol <clears throat> yeah what if there were cover comedians so i there are there the well, go ahead. You talk. It's your podcast. Yeah, no, I was just saying, that's, hey, Mike, that's... shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> that's how comedy started. So, like, back in, like, the heyday in, like, the 40s and 50s. Cat skills, was man. Just, yeah. Yeah, like, well, me and you have talked about this. I want to hear what you have to say about this. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mike? <laughs> just a... <laughs> no, no. No, no, you're 100. percent No, but th so, so there's a great show. I don't. I've never been on this show. Um, hopefully they listen. It's called Shtick or Treat. There's mm -hmm. one that happens in a knitting factory in New York where people come up and do impressions of comedians. Amazing. And they do bits. You can do anything. You can do like Dead Joan Rivers. Like people do spins yeah. on and stuff. But this guy does like Jezel Nick and people I'm do doing Pete White Davidson. How dare you not follow up with this? The difference between white people and hockey's, oh, dude. Yeah. You, by the way, that would crush if you could do some semblance because that's what it is essentially. Yeah. If you do some semblance of the impression, now some of them are incredible. Like somebody did Nate Bargatze. They got to yeah. be known people. A lot of guys do Sebastian. Sebastian. <laughs> Here's, I said you could do Sebastian as long as you're just like take your body and then remove the skeleton. <laughs> So your skin is just so like, just like I'm so yeah. bad. I'm relax all your face muscles. You just he's like I had a muscle. I had a relax. <laughs> um, so by the way, shout out to Sebastian fucking from fucking yeah, that's so fun. He's from yeah. That's when I met Heights. you. Uh, me, you, and Brett Forte were hanging out. Brett yeah, Forte dude. was the first guest on this podcast. He's great. And you guys were him. just being Sebastian all night. <laughs> I love Sebastian's from right where I grew up. He's from Arlington Heights, Illinois. Oh he, wow! That guy, dude. When when he made it, we were all like, let's go. Yeah. It was like, oh, Kanye, a step aside. Another guy's from Illinois. Oh, let's go. Chirac, let's represent. Dude, he, no, I, I love We Sebastian. walk into this bar and he's like, I need a table for three Sebastians. Yeah, that, that, yeah. I said, I go, I, he goes, how many? I go, well, three Sebastians. <laughs> what, wait, what? Aren't you embarrassed? <laughs> um, I love that bit that he does about the guy ringing the doorbell. When he goes like, who the fuck is that? 
dude, I, dude, that bit, he's the best. Shout out to Sebastian. But um, yeah. but but the idea is, I thought about doing that where I would do a cover album, mm-hmm. and because I do enough comedians, mm-hmm. where I was gonna try to do their jokes. But, but the truth was, I thought be, it, I really would have to be <laughs> this beloved. Is really fitting the hot girl for that, like, dude, it, analogy. <laughs> I do a lot of comedians, so hilarious. But I can't get stage time. <laughs> No, my album is I Swear I'm Funny. <laughs> my boy- Don't see who my dad is. My boyfriend thinks I'm <laughs> <The> funny. <laughs> it's just this. <laughs> That's my Instagram filter. <laughs> it's my Snapchat filter. It just turns every photo into... <laughs> like, every, every hot girl on Instagram. I'm edgy. That's the longest so fucking funny. nail. Like a goddamn, uh, like a goddamn Nosferatu. (laughs) (laughs) It's called nail art. It's the follow up. It's the B. It's the B sides. Which is a lot of like fucking rare stones in there. Um, (laughs) It's my birthstone. Um, You guys know about astrology, right? Um, (laughs) So yeah, that's every premise. Yeah, yeah. It's all twelve tracks. It's like Gemini's. Nice to Gemini. But it's so like. I, I love the idea because I, I like people's greatest bits. You know, like I loved Norm MacDonald, obviously the late great. When he did that David Letterman joke, um, that uh, when he did last set on Letterman, he did the Letterman the first time he ever heard Letterman. Mm-hmm. He did his uh, his version, his like attempt. The last joke he ever told on Letterman was Letterman's fucking joke. That's so. And funny. I was like to hear him do it. I mean, it was it's such a nerd thing. Yeah. But to have him be like, hey, you know, sort of, you know, get through it, and um, to have him do his version of that, I was like, man, that was fucking cool. That like to cool. see how he would have told that joke. And so, by the way, not an impressionist. Norm Macdonald, I mean, but coming from such a place of love, his favorite comic, he said it of all time, was David Letterman. And like, so that's where the, the, the comedy that I come from, I do Sebastian, I, I do a lot of these guys like R- R- Ray Romano. I really do love these guys. I'm not getting up there and like doing an impression of somebody that I don't like. Yeah. Or that I'm not, I'm not shitting on them. But I think that's the danger of impressionists because I was having a conversation with uh, a, a, a pretty famous comedian, and I won't out him, but he, um, Somebody asked in the room, Chris Spencer asked me if I did an impression of him. And, um, and Mark Maron was there. And, 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 but the guy who said, he goes, I've heard there's a guy that does a really good impression of me, the guy I won't name. And I go, yeah, I don't, I don't do you. But I go, I, I can figure it out. Like, I understand. And he goes, yeah. He goes, I'm sure he's amazing. I don't want to hear it. Because not that I don't respect him or think it's good, but I don't want to hear my tics. Mm-hmm. Because then I will listen for them. Because you got to think, like, Christopher Walken... When he was younger, he had a very sort of like very, but then he heard people do him over the years, and he became like a, a caricature <laughs> of a caricature. <laughs> it's so up and down. That's never, so wild. But you he never does. He's Christopher Walken. Yeah, no, dude. What's what's crazy too is like your face kind of looks like the people you do impressions of, and like you as you that. say the name, you kind of like morph into them. It's wow. crazy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Boom. My favorite, but this is not my story. This is my favorite because I've been asked, <laughs> boom. My, this is my impression of Christopher Walken telling you what sound bombs make. Boom. <laughs> so stupid. Dude, I'm five. It's my favorite. That's the best thing in the whole world. Dude, that's, if, 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 if it makes your comedy buddies laugh, it's like, I love yeah. that. Like, we would do, like, here's my impression of uh, Harrison Ford um, trying to hold back a sneeze, and it was just like, <sighs> Oh. Oh. That was it. 
But the uh, this isn't. But but I have done my impression for Vince Vaughn, mm-hmm. and I've done. And I was at a party one time, and Seth Rogen was there, and oh, someone was like, "Did you do his laugh?" So I love Seth Rogen, and I I am sure that he gets all the time. It's like this is how you sound, and he does not <laughs> want. Jesus he Christ, does not so want. He does not want people to go up to him and be like. Eh, 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 eh. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't want that shit. And by the way, how odd. I don't want that shit. (laughs) I don't want somebody to be like, um, and people have done impressions of me in the past. I don't mind it because I am an impressionist. But like, I can only imagine that that people go up to Seth Rogen all the time and be like, wow, that's like amazing. And so he, so, so I was like, I don't want to do it. And I'm always hesitant unless I'm brought up in the perfect storm where someone's like, this guy doesn't impress you. Because I want to, when I did Vince Vaughn for Vince Vaughn, he I think he was a little bit like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> and I said to him, I go, no, 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 I go, I, I do, I go, you know, I do other people. I, I was like, I don't just do you. I'm not, yeah. like, I'm not like, I'm not like trying to Buffalo Bill you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, so uh, the, the, the best story is not my own. It, it's, it's Craig Gass. You guys know Craig Gass. He was an incredible impressionist. Mm-hmm. He does five or, or six impressions he probably does more but he does five of them that you are like these are fucking the guy like mm-hmm. if you just heard them you're like no that that is sam kinnison yeah i'm like it's not i promise you and then you pull back if, if you if you you saw the visual you're like what the fuck just happened that is not sam kinnison yeah. talking about bitcoin and so <laughs> he um he does this thing where he goes he, he went to a dinner one time and he goes, uh, he goes, and Richard Belzer was there, and it was a charity event. And so they had all these, you know, you pay a lot of money or you get paid to be there. Like they say, Christopher Walken will be there. And so like they get the bids up really high. And Chris is sitting at a table that's assigned to him with all the other guys, and he's eating his steak. And Belzer sees Craig Gass. And Craig has told the story better than I'm telling it right now. And, um, and he's, you know, incredible. This is a go listen to his better version of this. See, I'm doing a bad impression of Craig Gass right now. And um, it'll be on my album. You sound just like him. <laughs> yeah, Craig, can you, yeah, man, you know. Are, can you do, like, anyone? Or yeah, are wait, the, I want to fit it in the so, so this is just the idea of, like, the, uh, people don't, like, whatever. People, p- impressionists don't, like, they, they're like, oh, I'm sure Seth Rogen is dying to hear his, my impression of him. They're like, he's not. So, so Chris Walken is there, and Belcher's like, come over here. And he goes, yo, he goes, Walken's at the table. He goes, has he ever heard you do him? And he goes, no, I, I've never met Chris Walken. He goes, well, why don't you come over and do it? So Chris Walken is sitting there. He's eating a steak. And he's sort of trapped because it's a charity event. He can't, like, make an excuse. He's in the middle of eating. No one in the middle of eating is like, I got to go take a shit, you know, to get out of here or whatever. So he's eating a steak, like a porterhouse or whatever. And um, and he sits down and goes, "Hey man, I'm uh, I'm friends of you know Richard Belzer's. Like I, you know, uh, I, I do an impression of you." And he just goes into the impression, not like, "Would you like?" To? I mean, maybe yeah. I maybe and I and I apologize because I respect Craig. I hope I'm not telling the story wrong. But he just starts doing the impression, whatever it was. Maybe I'm running it wrong. And he goes, oh, "Wow!" And he goes, "You know, he's doing Chris for a long time." And he's just sort of saying that you would do this sort of thing. Holy and shit. after a while, Chris is just sitting there eating a steak. He doesn't look up. And then after like an excruciatingly long period of time, he just looks up and he goes, I get it. You're talented. And, he just goes, yeah, that. and I go, bro, that is like the moniest response on planet fucking Holy Earth. Holy shit. That's awesome. It's awesome. And so, but, but Chris's whole life. When you listen, when you when you look at you know Deer Hunter, I mean he, you know obviously because Dead Zone is one of my favorite films of all time. He's different, but then after a lifetime of people doing you for you, same with Pacino. You know, young Pacino is very high. 
They're very high boys. And then now he's like, he's been yelling and he's been hearing people. Yeah. Don't like this. All right. He always sounds like he needs to clear his throat. Yeah. It's just lasagna in the back. Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> Come on. I was going to say, he's like, Vicks Vapor Rub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> Wait, oh. Can you like do anyone? No. Because also my, uh, I drink mm-hmm. and I, uh, and uh, I'm getting older. So I, I can't do Gilbert Godfrey anymore. I used to be able to do him. Oh, There's man. some guys with a really high register. So it's rare. Like the the greatest impressionists have a very reedy timber to their voice. They have a medium range, and mine is in the basement. Ooh. So there's a lot of guys I can't do just for now. I can sometimes get my voice up. Like there's certain guys that have very high voices that I'm like, yeah, I could do that guy. But there's just some people that I like. I'm trying to learn Joe Rogan right now, oh, and it, he has such a high voice. Yeah. Can we get a sample? Uh, I don't even know. I don't want to put you on the spot, but I do. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I could even do it because we were. I went out pretty hard. That's the other thing. There's other ones that I can do better when I haven't been drinking, and yeah. I got pretty low last night. So um, there, yeah, I can't do Gilbert Godfrey, and um, there. Gilbert just... Godfrey is the most interesting study in cancel culture because he he got canceled as the Affleck duck where he was making bankroll, and then he yeah. made some tweets that were tsunami jokes about Japan. Yeah. <laughs> His biggest credits are being a bird. But, but like, uh, well, I mean, and the aristocrats is like, I mean, it's, he made it. I mean, well, I was talking about uh, yeah, Aladdin. Iago, I know. Uh, but, I mean, the tweets are funny. They're genuinely hilarious. He, by the way, people don't, number one, he's an impressionist. People mm-hmm. don't know that about him. He was the impressionist on Saturday Night Live when Lauren left in the 80s, mm-hmm. when they had that five-year span when the guys like Charles Rocket who swore on the air. You know, like that year, when Eddie joined a couple years later, but um, right away, right after, he was in the first cast after Belushi and those guys left, and he was the impressionist. Yeah. He is an, ex- for a guy who has such a specific voice, I mean, he's, but it's very high, so he can do a lot of, so he, he did like a lot of old stuff, like um, he would do like uh, Ralph, uh, uh, Jackie Gleason as this guy. You know, he yeah. would do like very sort of, but, I mean, an incredible, and it's funny about him is that he's one of these guys that I don't think you can cancel him, period, you know, to be honest with you. Sure. Because I think that, right, when the Affleck thing happened, um, he got canceled, but I think it was like, he had enough money, he he wasn't being asked to not do things, like, you know, he's still a regular doing touring, doing comedy or whatever, and it's like, mm-hmm. when you get to be that level, and at some point, people go like, well, what do you want from him? He's a comedian who's on Twitter. Yeah. He's not like running for political office. I'm not also listening. But to that him. sentiment didn't come for a while, because of all of the people that like started getting canceled, he was the first person like that I remember getting very publicly canceled uh, as a comedian that wasn't like a pervert. You know, like everybody yeah. else that got canceled subsequently, yeah. they were doing rapey stuff, and so for him to have subjected the brunt of all of this Twitter hate over these insensitive jokes that were hilarious. Like, it's just so crazy to see how far the bar has moved from there. I mean, uh, well, what we've been saying, think about that when the tsunami happened. I mean, what we are now sensitive about compared to what we are now, it's all right, it's all temperature. It's all, well, and then I say that, and then Ari Shafir lost a special from a Kobe tweet, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's, I always, it's, there's, there's a math that goes into it. How beloved is the thing you're talking about? Uh And it's like, at some point, and it's also, it's like distance plus time. You know, like, and then like, t- or yeah, distance plus time, but multiplied by the love. Because yeah. if like people are beloved, you are not going, especially that way. I mean, he is 
is arguably one of and with such a I mean listen the whole Denver you know uh, uh, the his the legal thing that he got in that aside he was one of the most he was at the top top tippity top top whereas yeah. like even with Michael Jackson you know people were like you know who was beloved but then people were like yeah but then the kid stuff you know like he, well, kid stuff ruins it if you do bad stuff to an adult we forgive you yeah uh, bad stuff to a kid you're like how bad yeah and what you're like it was the story like what was it actually yeah Chris Brown's still God and we have <laughs> well the, what did that thing that just happened to him the other day oh by the way I was in Richmond Virginia mm-hmm. and I used to do a bit about um, spousal abuse with Chris Brown <laughs> and, and I didn't realize that he was from Richmond Virginia <laughs> <laughs> this is true. It was at the um, the, I think it was the, the Funny Bone. Where was this? I don't really remember. It must have been Funny Bone, whatever that mall is. And um, yo, it was like they pressed mute on the city. That's Bro, so funny. You could have heard a mouse fart in that room. I was like, God. And then somebody later was like, Yo, he's from here. <laughs> I'm like, like okay. this comedy club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Get the, but if you, but I guess yeah, and it also depends on like Chicago, like where I'm from. There's a lot of celebrities. Whereas Richmond, and maybe listen, I'm ignorant. I don't, I can't name another celebrity out of Richmond. So when you have one or two or whatever, like that becomes your your thing, your mouthpiece, yeah. and so you got to protect that. I get that. I'm like, you know, yeah. If you say Kelly Clarkson's fat in Burleson, in Burleson, Texas, they'll murder you. Yeah. Oh no, you won't make it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. We were. I, I was just on a trip up to Oklahoma. Are you I from went, Burleson? No, I'm from uh, about 30 minutes north of there. You can't but say I, she's fat. But uh, well, she got fat. She got real fat. And you're not. Why can't you say that? Because she's their hometown hero. But she's fat though. And that's mean in their eyes. How is that mean? Because you just she's supposed to be well fed and beautiful. She was the darling. But uh, wait, I, but that that makes it seem like a livestock. She's well fed. That's not like you were trying to sell him a pig. Yeah, well, that's, well apparently that's, that's okay. Just don't call her fat. She, yeah. She's a yeah, she's a blue ribbon winner. <laughs> Of American Idol, yeah. first prize heifer. But uh, she, yeah. well, you know what? It, it, well, I think with something like that, I think that um, it's also like it's with Janet Jackson. Like there's there's an Oprah, and um, there's so much. There's like weight fluctuation. So I think fat, thin, whatever you want to be. But I feel like there's there's something going on. Like there's a, with somebody with her, <laughs> like just to see her go up and down. And um, uh, what's what are you doing with that? It died. It was like a shake weight there for a minute. You were like, <laughs> he was trying to make it come. Yeah, he was like one more puff. One please. more. Um, but that, I, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, I haven't seen her lately. What's she at now? I don't know. <laughs> there was an amazing website running for a while. It hadn't been updated in a little bit, but it was isjonahillfat.com. and you just pull that up, and it would show uh, the most recent picture of Jonah Hill, and then it would describe his weight in a funny pun. So right now he's Johnny Tsunami Fat. I heard Jonah Hill's an asshole. I've heard, uh, I heard nothing but the opposite, that he was like a really great guy. And then I heard from reliable sources uh, that he's uh, like a, sh- a scene stealer. So he does a thing in acting where he'll step on people's toes for their take to make sure that he gets the screen time. Like steals their lines. Yeah. Have you heard? Is this I've you know? never I mean, you don't have to him. talk shit about colleagues no you know saying. i've never worked with them i don't know um, but is that a thing that happens where people will try and steal your spot i, I want to believe that because they're always mean to them on talk shows so you know i don't know what specifically that is because part of it is sometimes um not that i've heard this about him but like when you get your single the shot you know like if we were doing a three camera we'd do this like again this conversation and then it would be on you or whatever if we didn't have this set up a lot of times the other person you know, sometimes they're there, sometimes they're not. So it's like, 
I, you know, I, I haven't heard any habits of him on set. You just okay. stole my line. <laughs> well, that was it. I'm, I'm the Jonah Hill of this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Finally, I'm not the Jonah Hill. This rules. <laughs> no, we are the opposite ends of the spectrum of Jonah Hill. Yeah. We're like, you know, Lou Ferrigno I'm and Jonah Hill's guy. War Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. Dude, oh, you man. and I should go on. That's the name of our two-man comedy show, The Jonah Hills. Yeah. <laughs> the Jonah Hill Spectrum. And then yeah. as, we, as we get older, it's Over the Hills. Yeah. <laughs> Holy uh, shit. Yeah, dude, I mean, I, I don't know. It's like you, you hear – here's the thing that I would say. Everybody's human. Um, and uh, I wondered often – because I, I will tell you, like, like uh, there's a guy that I had heard – something negative about that I wasn't that I that it was not specific enough of a of a of a of a trashing. Mm-hmm. It was like this fucking guy did this thing. And then my my best friend who opens for me on the road, who is my my guy for life, he played poker with this dude mm-hmm. and he was like and this was before um like social media and I go, oh how was he to hang out with? And he goes, dude, he was the nicest fucking guy in the world. And then I wound up meeting him oddly, weirdly enough, like in another country years later and he was very polite and very sweet. And, wow. and and he didn't know me from Adam. And so I was like, you know, and here's the thing. All those stories are true. He was awesome to my buddy that he didn't know at a poker game. He was very polite and um, just like a, a, a like nothing like good or bad, just like very like cordial to me in a, in a very strange environment. And he might have been a dick to this guy. I, you know, so it's like. It's whatever you want to believe about that person, mm-hmm. and and anybody who's like, I can't, I heard this guy's a dick, or I heard she sucks. I'm like, yeah, well, you probably are a dick, and you suck sometimes. So it's yeah. like, it depends on who is there, and in what what's the environment. And people, yeah, you're not an asshole across the board. You just have little moments here and there. And by the way, there's definitely, I will tell you, there's there's times in my life where I tend to do. Because it takes me like 24 hours to wake up. Clearly, people on camera can see this, mm-hmm. and um, my like, and so sometimes if I have had a really long night, or you know, whatever it is, I'm just quiet. <laughs> like I just, I'm not like, I'm not angry or I'm not upset about anything. I'll just be really quiet, and people will be like, "Yo, this guy's pissed off about yeah, something." Yeah, yeah, I get that too. And, uh, and my dad, Same. I get it from my father because I remember my mother had said this about where people were, and my father's the, the least snobby guy in the world, but he's a very specific looking there's like a regalness to him he looks he is um he you know he's shrinking sorry dad but he um he was six one in his heyday in the glory years he was six one and he has a long beard down to here That's and he has cool. long hair and he's always looked like that he looks like he was carved out of the rocks of mount olympus That's awesome. and he's a very striking he's a very he handsome a man um so he um he used to smoke. So what happened was he used to smoke uh, Lucky's uh, Reds, so cool. and then his yep. his father, I believe, got a brain tumor before I was born. And when he found that out, he quit smoking immediately. But when we would light fireworks off as a kid, he would have a Lucky and he would smoke it so that light lighting the fireworks. So, That's but he has so like cool. a huge Sam Elliott mustache. <laughs> yeah, and he's the best. And but I but I obviously knew him because I came out of his balls. And so I like I'm like oh he's just this quiet guy. Mm-hmm. And and, he, and but people would be would mistake that for snobbiness and i would be like my father is the least snobby guy we used to find our clothing we, we grew up like super poor so he would find our clothing in dumpsters there's still a red hat that i wear that's a, that's the u.s open that he literally found in the garbage when i was a kid that i still wear and that's so dope. it's like to know him but but when you look at him you're like it's it says more about the person 
because mm-hmm. they have a, they immediately associate and put that on him. And I'm like, my dad is the coolest guy in the room. He has none of this. He doesn't care what you're wearing, who you know, whatever the bullshit is that people clout chase these days. And people go, no, that guy's the snobby one. And you go, no, he just doesn't. Maybe he's just not talking right now. Yeah, I get that. Uh, I, especially if I do like enough psychedelics. Because I'm a very loud and animated person. But if I'm tripping pretty hard or if I'm, like, rolling tits, sometimes I'll be very quiet because I'm just trying to assess what's going on in my brain. And people are like, are you okay? Yeah. What's wrong? Are you mad? Are you upset? I'm like, oh, man, I'm just chilling. You know what? I, but I, here's the thing. I, I Psychedelics make me loud. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I'm God. Louder. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I can't do psychedelics because you and I. We're Spinal Tap 11, bro. <laughs> I love done... drinking with you, man. We're like, when we come into a bar, we're like, you know, we don't need this music. You and I are just going to do a live podcast. Yeah. We'll just scream at everyone. Like, yeah! Everyone uh, listen to our conversation. It's good. <laughs> everyone. It's better than yours. Follow me on social. <laughs> making demands already. But do you have something that I, um, like when I first saw you perform, I was like, ah, you have some instant likability. Like, and I think that's why because you're such a smiley guy, but you look like somebody that people, um, like when you do stand-up, when you get on stage, people are like, oh, I like this guy. I don't even know what you're going to... Whereas, like, I think that's why people are sort of, when you're not smiling... Or yeah, when it's like me, jubilant. they're like, fuck this guy. Yeah. As <laughs> soon as I walk up there, they're like, eh. They're like, no! Yeah. <laughs> they're like, they're just trying to swipe on you. They're like, it's not, yeah. it's not how this works. But it's true, but it's like, so I think when you don't talk... It's like people kind of go, why is the jolly guy silent? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it, it makes sense, the juxtaposition of the two. I just, uh, it's also such a funny thing. And you, thing. you guys also set a precedent for yourself of being like animated funny people so that when it goes a little down or dimmer, turns off or whatever, people are like, something's wrong. It's like, hey, man, I don't have to be on all the time. Yeah, well, I mean, like, my thing on stage is that I have to be, like, the happiest and most likable version of myself because some of the things I'm going to say are very unlikable, and that's where the yes. comedy comes from. Yes. Is that, like, you're like, why is he saying that? <laughs> like, no! <laughs> but yeah, I I'm unlikable, say, and so are my jokes. Yeah, yeah but they won't be because you like me so much. Yeah. But you can get away with that. That's ride. the thing I try to do. So that Aquaman joke that I was telling you off, off mic, I mean, about where I goes to dolphin rape. And I said, um, uh, yeah, I see my Nick special on Animal Planet. And, um, and, uh, and, uh, it's, it, it devolves, but I am not as likable as, as you, like, instantly. I think, like, people may like my credits or they may be like, oh, I liked you from that show, mm-hmm. but I do, which I, which I immediately make fun of the way I look. And then so people kind of go, yeah, he gets it. He yeah, knows yeah. what the fuck he looks like. This guy's not so bad. We're not going to pay our tab. We'll stay. <laughs> you know? It's like, but the idea is I can't get away because I'll tell you the, the reverse of the joke. I tried to, and I will tell you, and I love the improv. First club that ever passed me in L.A. When I tell you I was so full the other night from all the dicks I ate on stage, bro, I bombed for 15 minutes straight the other night <laughs> at the Improv trying to do this bit. And I realized I'm not likable enough to start it, so I have to reverse the order. So I have to start yeah. with the Aquaman stuff and bring them. And that's what I do because that's the same thing I do with Tom Hanks. I start them doing Tom Hanks. Everybody loves Tom Hanks. I love Tom Hanks. And then I bring them down a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. But I think if I was as instantly as likable as you, I probably could start with that other way. If you gain 80 pounds. Yeah, <laughs> for real. No, but no. It's, dude, it's the rosy red cheeks. It and, is. And the fatness. Brother, I have rosacea. It's not yeah. the cheeks. <laughs> no, Mike Mike is like a like Shame a polished bowling ball. Yeah, yeah. But He's you, just shiny and smooth. Well, think about like the term You want to oil him up. That's you know, only applied to people of a certain weight caliber. <laughs> yeah, but, but <laughs> what did you say? 
I said, you want to fill his holes. Yeah, I know. Shiny the, the bowling ball? Looks like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. The bowling ball joke. It's just a bumper to bumper. But it, it's, <laughs> it's weird how much of a difference it makes to go up on stage and be like, hey, I look like this, and I'm aware, and then the audience is like, oh, yeah, cool. No, for sure. But That I makes just, a huge difference. But there's a crazy. You, are, you go the jolly fat route. Mm -hmm. I am more of the Paul Giamatti. Mm. So, like, where things are like, I'm like my I'm sort sort of a beanbag chair. <laughs> just like things are not good. Not good at the ball. Ah. Well, I have cancer. Yeah. I always yeah. say whenever Paul Giamatti always like he's I'm like, blue. I, I'm blue. Ah. <laughs> I said Paul Giamatti looks like a he looks like a hamster who you're squeezing. Yeah. <laughs> then like Lenny from uh My Cement is like petting me and I'm like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. He, he looks like one of those Play-Doh people when you push the Play-Doh yeah. down to make their hair yeah. like Or the Martian. <laughs> the Martian where like the ears the things yeah. pop on and he's like Aah. So but that's the thing, that that's more the fat guy that I am. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are there are two guys like I, I even when when Paul Giamatti was Santa Claus in Fred Claus, mm -hmm. I was like, there was a darkness to that Santa Claus. Yeah. Whereas you're you know, you're like the jolly. Well, that, you're like a Jim Gaffigan. Yeah, there's all the different flavors of it because uh, like I'm trying to put off like as much Chris Farley energy as I can. Like, I want to be big best. and loud and happy. I love Chris And I Farley. want you to see me and be like, I fucking love him. I want to show my friends. Yeah. Uh, but, like, there's all the different... Because I, I I talk too much to be Chris Farley. He's so much physical. And I'm yeah. I'm more verbal. But, but also, he, you know... He, that's. But I do think that Chris Farley is a stand-up. He wouldn't have been able to, like, do this for 20 minutes. You know what yeah. I mean? He would probably have to do, like... You know when he did weekend update pieces, when he would just, you know, he'd be like, "Hey, remember you were in that movie? That was awesome." Yeah. You know, he would like he he would have to he would have to be the, the comic we were talking off, off mic about, where he would he would sort of be like comedy, but not like William Montgomery, mm -hmm. like that sort of that funniness, you know, just because. So I think there's a meta-ness to it. Exactly, he's, he's, exactly. Have you seen Casey Rocket? No, you guys, you were bringing up Casey Rocket. Oh, man, he's he was supposed to come in for. I mean, he wasn't supposed to. He's he's doing his job right, everyone. Yeah. We just texted him late. He, yeah. He didn't text me Did back. He's probably him? asleep. He yeah, wakes up at like 3 p.m. So tell me about Casey Rocket. Casey is, so he does a segment on the show almost every week called The Worm Report, where he just does a news report on worms. If William Montgomery was a supervillain, Casey Rocket would be the hero. Wait a minute. I bet, I, I bet I've seen him. Has he been around? Is, is he? No, he's very new. Well, oh. so he's been doing it for Hang a while, on, but he started saying? in Georgia, and then he went to Idaho, and now he's in Austin. But, I mean, he's been fucking blowing up here. But he's so different because it, it is one of those things where it, it, there is a gimmick to it. I want to go to heaven. But you could watch an hour of it because it's not just the gimmick. Like, there's stories interlaid with this craziness that he's talking about. Mm. But he, he has found that, like, perfect medium between such a deep cut that no one understands, but it's deep enough that you haven't heard it recently. Wow. Like, I can't remember the last time that someone made a good Animorphs reference. But it's, but he talks about huffing and how if you huff enough, you go from an animorphs to a car. But if you don't do enough, you get stuck halfway. You're half man, half car. Wow, that's a good joke. And, and just that. Yeah, he does a lot of nostalgic shit, actually. So that's the thing is I had a joke about about um, how women are like Tamagotchis. Mm -hmm. 
and um and enough do you know what tamagotchi is yeah 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 mm-hmm. just about on dating apps where like when you get on the dating apps i was like they're all like tamagotchis you have to feed them every week yeah and you have yeah. to be like you, you just have to get in there and be like hey how's everything with your mom cool and like go back and forth until one of them hits where you're just like feeding feeding but if you forget <laughs> to feed the tamagotchi you're like fuck died on me all right, yeah, that's good you know but it's like but you but it's also a generational thing you have to know that it, and they're also coming back tamagotchis mm-hmm. are same with animorphs because the meme the meme of the Animorphs it yep. was the big thing that like people go, I don't even know what this is. Because in my age group, I'm 59, that um that that Animorphs was like a thing, but it was for like babies. Like it yeah, wasn't, yeah. you know what I mean? So it has to be something that was as universal. But now with the meme culture, if, if it is a meme, you can do it. Because enough, everybody has seen it now. Even yeah. people that were so young who are on like 14-year-olds. Why are they in the comedy club? I don't know. But well, They're um, on fucking TikTok. Yeah, they are. And they're making people famous. Dude. What do you think about memes ruining jokes? Well, I mean, it's, I think it sucks, but I think that the tough thing is, it's like we were going back to the, um, the, the Catskill stuff. It's like, if you owned the joke, like there is a joke that I have talked about on other podcasts, so I will not get into that I fucking came up with, mm-hmm. but I heard other people do it and then it became a meme. And I was like, I'm telling you, I have a video of me doing this goddamn joke. Um, like well before, cause it, it was used for somebody else. It was used for Trump and I used it for John Boehner mm-hmm. and I had this before Trump was even running. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, but it didn't matter because it became so big. So I am on the other side of it where I understand like, unless it's such a specific joke where you can, that you know, if you can claim it, but it, for the most part, it's like comedy, it's tough. Like, like do you still do the joke. No. I don't do it because it was one of those things where people are like, oh, I'd heard that. I go, yeah, you heard it from me, motherfucker. Yeah, I did it, you know, and I, and I had heard, and I heard, heard two other comics do it much later, like four years after I'd come up with it, and I was like, you, and I don't think that they stole it from me, but I just was like, it, it belongs to the internet now. There's nothing I can do. Do about you know it. Shang Wang? Yeah, the comedian. So he had a joke that he did on a special like over a decade ago about okay. how uh, people say like being tough. You should have balls, but really, I think you should be, say you're tough like a pussy because those things can take a pounding. That's a very old. Someone joke. took that joke and put it on a picture of Betty White. I know. And Wait, then was that his it, joke? But it was his joke. So now, but the funniest thing about it is that he's this Asian guy, and now he has long hair. But he's talking about like people just liked it coming out of an old white lady <laughs> better than an Asian. Wow. Dude. But he has like the video. Jonathan's rewriting like, history. Before in his mind. this has shown up on any meme, this is the video of him doing the joke. And it's just so funny to see like that kind of stuff happen. I mean, the same thing happened. Sam Murill has that small cameo in Joker. Yeah, on stage. Oh yeah, and he does the joke about parking spaces and how dating women is like parking spaces, and you're like a handicapped one. I hope no one sees, you know. And like, it's a great fucking joke. A guy on TikTok. I saw video game streamer. I saw. Yeah, he's doing the joke verbatim pretending that he is making it up on the spot yeah he's and, a fucking it's a joke from joker like samuel wrote the joke for comedy specials that he did outside of the movie but it's in like one the, of the by the way a movie people movies. have seen the guy won the academy award right and, and he's doing that joke verbatim while he's playing fucking rocket league 100 percent. acted like he just came up with this genius idea and samuel posts it and it gets like yeah. Maybe a million likes, and it's like, I mean, what the fuck. <laughs> if I had nothing going on and I wanted to be famous on TikTok, I would just steal everyone's jokes. Well, that there was that, and I let's kill him. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. By the way, you know, people, not, I know gonna do that. Most people would go back and kill Hitler. I'd kill Eli. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'd kill Carlos. Good fucking luck. <laughs> <laughs> He's so strong in the 
fast. He's so strong. <laughs> um, I actually he am had Hitler. the best chance of beating him up by going back in time because he just got into fighting a couple of years ago. So <laughs> if you just went back like four years, you could just beat the shit out of him. If you were no, me- I still beat up a lot of people before. I just got lucky a lot. If you if you were to be like, you know, Eli is also in an MMA, I'd be like, I believe that. He is. Yeah, I believe that. He's in MMA and he raps. I heard, uh, dude, I, I still am waiting to hear the rap. I'll send you it. Yeah, please do. Dude, I sent it to Jamie Kennedy, and he was like, you're like Austin's most wanted. And I'm like, bro, that's the coolest shit ever. Like, I grew up on that movie. He's the you know? best. We did, a, we did a couple shows in COVID together mm-hmm. where we were touring, and they were um, they were just bringing a bunch of us on the road. And so we did, mm-hmm. it, actually, oddly enough, just a, a bunch of where we were always on the same lineup. And... um. We got to go to Top Golf one night. Oh hum- hell yeah! Humble brag, and um, I <laughs> and I told him I go Scream was my favorite movie growing up. I, I saw it seven, nine times or something like that. Seven or nine, I can't remember. It's not eight. It's seven or nine yeah. <laughs> um, in the theaters. I fucking love that movie so much, and I was like, "You're the best." And and this year, I got to meet Skeet Ulrich. Yeah. And so, like, I, that's what my life is about right now. Is uh, It's a road trip scavenger hunt just to meet the cast of Scream. That's so cool. And I love that. And anyway, I told Jamie, I was like, that's the best. Like, the, Scream was such a fucking great movie. And, and he's a he's a good dude. He, he's, like, one he's of super the nice guys. Dudes. So, Jamie Kennedy and the story of me meeting him is the funniest shit on the planet. I have a, a pretty terrible Twitter. It, it doesn't do well. I get five, six likes on things. Yeah. One day, just out of nowhere. Yeah, I was going to say, terrible, yeah, terribly like, amazing. Uh, I have like 1,100 followers after like seven years. It's not great. But are, you being, are you getting shadow banned and don't know it? I, no, I just like, I, I, I mean, I, anyways, one day, out of fucking nowhere, Jamie Kennedy follows me. And I'm like, no. <laughs> it has the check mark, and I'm like, is it Russia? Like, was it after Party Words? No, it was way before that. It was a okay. year before that. That was a show he did back in LA. So oh, okay. he follows me, and then just one day I messaged him, and I was like, hey, man, you're very funny. Uh, like, I would love to have you on a show sometime. And he was like, yeah, let me know. And I was like, what the fuck? And then I booked him on a show, yeah. and he came in, and he was super fucking nice. And he told me, like, hey, this venue has had some trouble in the past. He gave me a bunch of advice and was super kind. And then when during COVID times, he came to Austin to come do shows. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, man, I'd love to do the podcast. I'd love to do your show. That'd be great. Him and his opener, Kyle Anderson, who's a fucking hilarious dude. Oh, I love Kyle. Like, he was so nice. And then my wife came to the show that Jamie was headlining in the shitty little wine bar. I mean, it's fucking Jamie Kennedy, and we have 50 people in the back of a wine bar. And... I mean, he's treating it like a That's pro, generous. and it was awesome. And then my wife does the same thing. She's like, "I fucking love Scream. I saw it so many times." Ugh. And he's gracious. He has to have heard it a billion times, and he's just humble. That's very so cool. humble, very sweet guy. And he, you know, was one of those things where um, I met him in kind of odd circumstances because it was COVID, and so people were just sort of like, eh, you know, how to get close or whatever, you know. And I think it was just nice that. Um, we were doing a lot of the same shows, so because I know that he was very like masked up all the time. Yep. Trevor brings his own mic, you know, respect. But I, but it, but it was cool to just sort of not even break down that barrier, but just like to do comedy because we would always close the shows that we were on, mm-hmm. and so we would get there around the same time, and it was like we sort of developed like a very nice friendship. It felt like you know, and he was just very yeah, like you said, very humble, very gracious, very sweet. Hell yeah, yeah, good jokes. Uh, one just thing- once, I want to bring someone up and have everyone just be like, yeah, fuck that guy. What? Because <laughs> you bring people up all the time. That you just got good things to say. I want to just see, not on this podcast. Oh. Not on this podcast. Uh, yeah. But I want to see on a podcast where it's like, yeah, you know him? Yeah, he's a piece of shit. People do that, though. Yeah. 
Only about like Machine Nancy Pelosi. Fuck that guy. It's a fucking loser. All right. Is he a loser? Yeah. I, well, so here's here's what I will say. Eminem and him got into a Oh, battle, I know. And then Eminem just destroyed him. Dude, I saw the Eminem show at Max Center in Vegas. Fuck yeah. He's so good live. Dude, he's, he was, inc- I, and they started with White America, and, and they, um, they didn't uh, allow, I think the video was not allowed, I, maybe I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but for the mythology, I'm going to lie. Mm-hmm. So um, White America, I'd never seen the video. Like, it feels like something that MTV was like, we're going to not play this one. Yeah, correct. And <laughs> they played it in behind him, and he came out to, that was the first song he did. That's sick as fuck. It was fucking amazing, and he was a beast, and that album had hits for days. I saw him at ACL with, I mean, there had to have been 60,000 people plus watching. But, I mean, the whole field was just full, shoulder to shoulder of people. And when he started doing Lose Yourself, this was six, seven years ago. But when he started doing Lose Yourself, like, to hear that many people know every single word, that's wild. Wild. But after he destroyed MGK, he was doing an interview uh, where someone asked him about it. He's like, fuck that guy. He can go fuck himself. I don't give a shit. And then... MGK was on Hot 97 yeah. doing the interview, and he was talking about that interview and pretending to quote it like Eminem stuttered. And just to like know what you're like referencing and intentionally lie on a podcast to make yourself sound cooler. A hundred percent. I don't. Yeah, I don't know him. I I I was in a room with him one time. I went to go see Chappelle mm-hmm. and Rogan do um do uh, MGM, mm-hmm. and we were all in like the, the the little room with before or. Yeah, like right before the show, and so everyone was just like hanging out, and he was there with Megan. And the the one thing I would say about him that I was sort of like, whoa, he is so damn tall, mm-hmm. and he is like I think I'm thin. That dude is like stick thin. Yeah, and for a, for a guy like that on his frame, it's just like <coughs> when he, he coughs, you see his like ribs and spine. It's very weird. That's, <laughs> it looks like a game. It looks like the game operation. That. Well, He's dude, never seen MGK even golf. his fucking scene in the new Jackass. I saw it. Very fucking funny. incredible movie. Did you guys like the new Jackass? So much, dude. I brother, you. I didn't see it. What? I didn't see it. What? I haven't seen it. Yet. I'm sorry, dude. I wasn't a fan. What? Yeah. Let me tell you. Yeah, say more things. You. Idiot. There was a lot. Yeah, do not stop. There was a lot of cool. ball torture. There was a lot of oh. asshole stuff and. I thought you were into that. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say. Yeah, up, loser. I feel like you liked it for different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> I well, hated it because they made me stop jerking Yeah, yeah. It. I hated it because I, I Yeah, I was hard movie. the whole time, the last four movies. I will say that this is the first one to make me almost vomit. What, tell me, what was when the one? He, when he chugged the cum. Oh. Yeah, dude, that got me. And, and it also made me laugh at myself for gagging in a theater. But I saw it the right way. I saw it with four other comedians. Yeah. I, the thing that sucked yeah. about that was, at the time, I was eating popcorn and I was drinking a carton of oat milk. <laughs> <laughs> and that was not great. <laughs> no, but dude, they just went too hard on the ball torture. I mean, no. I get it because they're getting old, <laughs> their bones are frail, they're going to break. But, like, <laughs> it was just minute, so much ball torture. How about that fucking scene when they turn off the lights? Yeah! Dude, I that was, was in tears laughing. In tears. <laughs> When fucking, uh, I can't remember the new fat guy's Zach. name. Zach. Zach. When Zach Who is he, tries by the way? to escape and, and just breaks the table. And, yeah, but also yeah, he just climbs up on it. But it's also his mousetrap. Yeah. Oh, my God. And they have to turn the, the lights on. They're like, you broke it. He's like, I just want to do it. <laughs> I thought that was the way out. Who is that guy, by the way? He's a comedian. And then he does that. Right. He's a yeah, funny no, no. dude. He's, Zach ass. Yeah, it was on yeah. Twitter. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know. And uh, what was that girl's name who was in it? 
Rachel Wolfson. Rachel Wolfson. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was cool. She yeah. Is, you know, yeah, I, know I her, have kinda. met her a few times. She's been very, very lovely. Like, a, a very nice person. And to, to see her getting exposure was great. Like, you know, yeah, it was cool. Dope. And Eric Andre, who we just, you know, he's great. Yeah. He, he belongs in Jackass. Well, you know what's funny? Or when Tyler, the creator, when he... Um, yeah, dude. <laughs> dude, that was so funny. With their Tyler fucking... Creator's a funny Wait, when dude. Tyler was on Eric Andre's show? No, no on no. Jackass. On Jackass. When he was oh, playing yeah. the yeah. piano, and then the fucking... The, the yeah, yeah. Lighting up, and he had... Oh, my God. That was fucking great. T- yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah, I, I need to rewatch MVP it. I was insanely was high. Poopies, What's up? MVP of the movie was Poopies. I think he was my favorite. Really? Of the new guys. He made me laugh so With his dad? Hard. Wasn't that the guy who had his dad there? No, that was, uh, fuck, I can't remember his name. But the black guy's dad that was scared of. The yeah, yeah, that was so. Wait, who was, was Poopies? Incredible. Oh. Poopies was the surfer bro looking dude. Dude. That just would, was oh, on the nut shot one and just got Dude, that was the one that made me uncomfortable, though. When that guy got his dick and balls kept hitting with the hockey puck and the softball. Oh, that was the dude, one danger air. where I was like, yo. Yeah, I can only take so much ball torture. So we did uh, the Sunset Guys. Uh, so Adam Hartle mm-hmm. has started putting on this thing called Austin Live. Oh, yeah. Called what? And it's Austin Live. Oh, and my so the God. idea is that like there are all these comics in the scene that have alternative talents. Like cool. David Cinefani. But also not really. <laughs> There's only a few. Singer. Is he a great singer? He's fantastic. Yeah, he yeah. He went to college opera. for it. Brody Lowballer is a rapper. You know, he does freestyle raps. There's William Montgomery that's great at getting angry at stuff. My great at getting is, angry at stuff. By the way, these, there was two talents. Yeah, the, yeah. these yeah these feel like the um the, like the the special X Men. Yes, correct. <laughs> yeah, this is where they so then, could walk, but or not special. Well. Yeah, what's yeah. up? Yeah. <laughs> this is where, yeah, but so my, my talent on the first show was uh, doing truth and dare. So I got. Uh, he's very dare talented to, at middle school games. Yeah, I have no shame. Was my talent. So I took my shirt off. They wrapped me in toilet paper like a mummy, and then I FaceTimed my mom. And then she told an embarrassing memory of me. Uh, the second one was, again, you uh, go to therapy I Have for that. No Shame. And we, we did a play on uh, Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. So we did Leopardy with the Wheel of Torture. So there were leopard-based trivia questions. And if I got them wrong, I had to spin the Wheel of Torture. And everybody chanted, Wheel of Torture, like Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. I'd spin it. So the options were a swift kick to the nuts, tic-tac-toe. I wish they were all a swift kick to the nuts, a, a, a slow kick to the nuts. Yeah, yeah. Swift kick well, to hang the nuts, on. tic-tac-toe, uh, something with a hot pepper, and then Eli's Choice. Because he was on stage with me for all of this. So I get the first question right. I get the second question wrong. I spin it. Swift kick to the nuts. So then he just kicks me in the balls. <laughs> Thankfully, they gave me a cup. So I have a cup in, and so he kicks me in the balls. He's nice enough to pull punches that he didn't kick me full force. Yeah, of course. But it's still, on the first one, my right nut was outside Dude, the I cuff. was just going to ask, where were your nuts? My right nut went outside the cuff, and it just shoved into me, and I, I lost it. So second, uh, second one I get wrong, uh, the, the, I do get kicked to the nuts. The third one I get right, fourth one I get wrong, I spin it. Swift kick to the nuts again. <laughs> Eli tries to be a nice guy and goes like pop the whole crowd boos me yeah, that even, I, I would have done that too even on my side I was like dude come on yeah he booed me too come on like, you fucking pussy yeah. and I was like fine motherfucker and then I, I, I fake it but I act like I'm trying to kick him and he doubles over and the audience bought it you know what he yeah. did he did the Chun-Li where he just yeah. went like <laughs> yeah dude but we 
So, like, the first one, I was like, come on, kick harder. Then I was like, no, no, don't, actually. <laughs> Mike was sweating so profusely. I've seen Mike sweat a lot. And this yeah. takes the cake, dude. Wow. He was soaking well, wet. So what, I don't I was, like that, that the reference of a cake there. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what I was nervous about was that the hot pepper one. Bro. If I have to eat the hot pepper, it was just a fresh jalapeno with seeds in. But oh. they were going to put the bomb hot sauce yeah. and hot ones on it. Oh. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. thing was, after that, I had a roast battle. Oh. No, no, point, no. Then I, I kick him in the nuts twice. No, no, yeah, but so, so, so I'm worried about that. So I'm sweating with nervousness. He He's like, I'm getting to it. A second time. And then I get I the fourth question story. right. I, I get the fifth question right. And then it's the last question. And I spin the wheel and it lands on tic tac toe. And I'm worried because I don't want my toes to get stepped on because I've broken all my toes at some point kicking stuff. Ooh. So I'm like, please don't fuck with my toes. Please don't fuck with my toes. And then they tell me tic tac toe is Eli. Is going to feed me Tic Tacs with his bare feet. Oh. So then this motherfucker strips off shoe and sock, and then they have a bucket of Tic Tacs. And it's he really hard to pick up Tic Tacs with your feet, by the way. And correct, he's like, like really you got one. You're like, no, I think that was lint. <laughs> so he's struggling to get a fucking Tic Tac, and I'm like trying to squat down and him be flexible, and it's just not working, and I'm gagging. Oh. trying to hold back vomiting from this disgustingness. And I'm like, all right, do it for the show. Do it for the show. And I laid down on the ground, oh, dude. and his foot extends, and an orange Tic Tac falls, and it lands in my mouth. I just <laughs> immediately spit it back out, and got up. I was like, no more, no more, no more. Oh. You know what my favorite part about this story is? We got paid the exact same amount. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's the part behind the scenes that nobody knows. So if it had landed on the hot pepper one, yeah. Uh, they had kept some milk backstage for me to drink. Oh, he was going to feed it to you with his foot. But what I noticed is that when they handed me the cup, it was like still in like plastic wrapping. And I was like, that's weird. So it turns out if I had gotten the hot pepper, if I wanted milk, the only way I could drink it was out of my cup. So they were going to make me drink my ball milk <laughs> to quench the heat of the pepper. That's oh. the only option. So after I, re I heard that and realized uh. that I didn't land on that one, I was like, thank the fucking Lord. Dude. Yo. Yeah, dude, so Adam calls me up and he tells me all this. And I was yeah. like, I mean, I'm down, but I don't think Mike's going to be down. And then he calls me back and he's like, yeah, Mike's down. I'm like, okay, all right. So You're like, Mike's <laughs> actually on the call. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like Mike, why are, you, why are you doing this? And he's like, I don't know, I'm good at comedy. Why am I doing this? <laughs> well, Adam told me, he was like, it's going to be like a wheel of, of torture thing, but like, it won't be that bad. You might get kicked in the nuts, but it won't be like hard. And where was where where was this? At Creek in the Cave. Oh, so they, they put it cool. there. So by the way, I got to tell you, I did not enjoy kicking you in the nuts nearly as much as I wanted to. Yeah, I yeah. wanted to just be like, yeah, fuck you. I've been waiting for this motherfucker. But I was just like, oh, dude, I don't want to do this to you. Wait, it had to be him that kicked you in the nuts. Yeah. Cause yeah, because they brought up the giggle, giggle boys, yeah. so oh, we had a segment together. Man. Yeah. Wow. Woof. God, if you had shat yourself while I did it, you guys could have called I yourselves some shits and giggles. <laughs> <laughs> so we did an episode on here uh, before the first Austin Live, okay. and he was talking about how he was nervous about having to freestyle rap because mm. the audience was just going to throw out suggestions, and he was going to rap about oh, it. Oh, God. And so I told him, I was like, hey, man, I'm going to be in the back, and I'm just going to shout 9-11. And I said that, I was like, hey, you can write some 9-11 jokes. There's got to be some fun steel beams raps. Like, figure it out. 
And he's like, you won't do that. And then they recorded all of Austin Live. And then when he starts the first Brody Lowballer, and he's like, all right, let's get some suggestions. You just hear me loud as shit go, 9-11. Oh, yeah, and then I rapped about Amelia Earhart doing 9-11. That's hysterical. If you had, But if you had punked him, I'd be like, 9-12. <laughs> Whoa, the day after. Yeah. No, and then fucking after that, Adam brings up William Montgomery uh -huh. when it was supposed to be me. And then he's like, this guy is the one of the best comics ever. And I'm like, I don't think he's talking about me. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, never mind. It's Brody Lowballer. I'm like, fucking great intro. <laughs> God damn it. That's so funny. Oh, man. You're going to regret this next comic. Yeah. <laughs> Oopsie doodles. <laughs> oh, my, my bad, guys. So uh, I had one thing I we did apologize in advance. ask you about before we wrap up. Sure. Um, I was going through trying to do some research. So you voiced Alec Baldwin on the Family Guy episode. Yes, I did. What was that like? So I've always wanted to do Family Guy. Yeah. And I, I, have sub yeah. I have submitted. I mean, here's the thing. Seth MacFarlane is as good as anybody, you know, in voices, obviously. So most of the time, like, when they do an impression, he just does it. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, maybe he didn't have time or whatever. So they just asked me to do... Alec, because it was about the Emmy episode where they yeah. never get nominated or like yeah, they yeah, never, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is like a insane, great fucking episode. which is insane because you go back, I, I, you know, it's one of those where you, I go back and I watch family guy, even though I, I, I love family guy, but I love American dad more, which, huh. which I got to do. American dad is just like, it's the deep cuts that are like, but not things that have been run. They will do shit where I'm like, damn, that is good, but it doesn't need to appeal to the masses. It doesn't yeah. have to be Madison Square Garden. It can yeah. be, and so, but, but I okay. got, so you know what I mean? But it's like, and Roger the Alien is literally like, he's he's anything you need him to be. He's so like, perfect. So like, the, the, the places now, you know, Stewie and Brian can obviously go places, but, but Roger the Alien, they've established like, oh, this world doesn't really exist, and like, he's from outer space, and like, it doesn't really matter. You know, whatever we say, oh, now we, like, this is this guy, he's the this guy, whatever. DSX, exactly. Yeah. He's so fucking good but with family guy i've been a fan i watched it for every episode and never missed it and um and then i they they said can you do alec baldwin and you don't get asked to do him very often because mm -hmm. at, at this point like he had done 30 rock and he had done you know these but you know he hadn't shot anybody yeah <laughs> well dude so the, the the joke that i i used to do on stage was i'm like i go alec baldwin is this guy the greatest impressionist man he, he can do trump he can do kyle rittenhouse he does everybody and um <laughs> And uh, I heard someone say he did a Cheney impression. That's that funny. Too. That's yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Kyle had just the written thing had just come yeah, out. Yeah. You know, but um, but he, you know, and it wasn't. It was one of those things where I like Alec Baldwin, but um, I have a weird. I do have a story about him, but I got this impression, so they had heard me. And there's there there's a lot of impressions out there that you that I think that people go like, oh, everybody must do like a this guy or that guy. So there's probably, but the truth is. They're probably if if there's no reason to make money off of it, besides a comedian doing it, like I guess like YouTubers and stuff can do it or TikTokers or whatever. But Frank Caliendo. Yeah. yeah, but he makes money. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. a fucking incredible oh, fair, yeah. theater touring comedian. Yeah, and he was a legend on Mad TV. Had his own sketch show on TBS. Yes, I'm his biographer. So he goes. So the thing is, like, if you can, if you can't make money, like guys who just sit there and sort of like, unless you get YouTube views and get ad revenues or whatever it is, there's no real reason to learn like. Uh, uh, a Chris Evans impression or like would be less people do like here's my impression of all the Avengers and you kind of like that's cool I can share this with my friends but that guy's not making money at that shit yeah, yeah. so there's no real reason to learn but even with Alec Baldwin there was no real reason to learn an impression of him so so I just did it 
um, because what had happened was on uh, they asked me if I could do it. I had done it for buddies. I did it on my iPhone. They called me in. It was great, and they were literally just like come in and do it. It, it they they had me in and out of there. I think in like six minutes. Did the lines make you crack up at all? I mean, I thought. Because it's a very funny scene. I just watched that episode like a week ago. So they just explained it to me. We didn't know the context. They're like, you know right. how we never get nominated for... They don't give you the script. They go... And yeah. like, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I've seen every one of them, and it's a crime that you... And Alex <laughs> Sulkin was the guy in the room. I didn't get to meet oh, Seth. Wow. It was Alec. And... um. And Sulkin was very nice. He was just like, okay, can you do it? He goes, a little bit faster. And then he goes... And he goes, now try it like this. And they're like, all right, great, you're done. So then the script changed. They brought me back in. They're like, do you want to – I had been there for American Dad shooting. And they were mm-hmm. like, oh, do you want to see your episode so far? Because I like got to meet everybody. I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. Of course. And then That's I so watch cool. it and to see like uh, them do everything. And they're like, you know, we have to bring you back in because we changed the words. So the jokes are now this. So they brought me back in a second time, six minutes. I'm telling you, like, they know – What was one of the lines? Um, all I remember was Peter – your show sucks. <laughs> that was the only it's line so that I good. remember. because. But the thing is, Alec Baldwin, he actually has a very high voice. A lot of yeah. people do him down here, and they say from malice. You know that he's that kind of guy. But like if you listen to America. Exactly. It was, too deep. it was too deep. But if you listen to Alec Baldwin, it's just, he's actually a very sort of, I didn't mean to shoot he's that woman. He's a floaty guy. He's a yeah. floaty guy. He look, so that's I had, crazy. So I had, yeah, that's fucking crazy. This is awesome. Yeah. Oh, thanks. But it's like you don't – so like you don't expect – so they, they literally the, – the casting director, shout out to Linda Lamontagne, she just literally te- – she texted me and goes – because she had she'd heard me do a bunch of impressions. And she goes, do you do Alec Baldwin, right? And I go, yeah, I can do him. So she literally was like, just record him on your phone. I was like, well, hi. How are you? I'm Alec Baldwin. Put that coffee down. Coffee is for closers. <laughs> and then that was – or whatever I said. And then she was like, great, come come by. Like they like you. You're done. Fuck so yeah. that's how it works. That's the craziest thing is like if you can do the impression, same thing when I did. So Seth Rogen, so the only impression, like the things, not even the bad stories, because I love Seth, I can never get Seth Rogen's job. And I don't know why, but I've gotten to the finals for so many of the things where they needed a voice match for him. And then one day, they uh, Warner Brothers called me and I voice matched him for the disaster artist. And uh-huh. they were literally just like, we saw you on YouTube. And they were like, we thought you were the best, so we called you. Yeah. Again. But that's how that works for that type of shit. Wow. Now, I'm sure there's people who are better at it than me. I'm not saying that I was the best. But if they see you, they all they have to do is hear you. They go, wait, do Alec Baldwin? Yeah, you're good. Let's go. Nuts. And I so, mean, like, all of your impressions, though, have been fucking spot on. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. It is man. insane. It's, I mean, it's kind of psychedelic. Yeah, it's, it's really like, pretty trippy. Like, Some of them suck. What's happening? Trust me. I'm two hard AF seltzers deep, which is the Drinking Bros' own hard seltzer. I know, and I saw it on every, yeah, it looks. The lemon lime one tastes like Fruit Loops. Is that true? It's very yeah. dangerous. Well, what's the other, what are the other flavors? I'll get one Strawberry Shortcake's my favorite. Is great. Wow. Peach. Incredible. I love peach. And the blueberry. Mwah. But, fr- but this tastes like Fruit Loops? Tastes like Fruit Loops. Dude, I love sugar cereal because I never got to have them when I was <laughs> growing up. Yeah. And so when I was in college, all I would spend, my mom you know, and dad would send me money, and I would just buy like 20 boxes of sugar, seal and, uh, sugar cereal and a gallon of whole milk. Yeah. And that was my Thank breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Whole milk. Yeah, come on, dude. It's very upsetting when people do anything else. Lactose-free whole milk. <sighs> just a- yeah, That's I, not I, whole I milk. All right. I didn't. Uh, I wasn't allowed to have candy either, so I would just. I would start shoplifting, and they had like a whole secret drawer full of candy. And then my mom would come like search my room, and then yell at me, and she'd be like, "Well, other kids are doing drugs. I'm searching your room for candy." And I'm like, "Well, look how that You're turned welcome, out." <laughs> <bitch>. <laughs> I think that's probably one of my favorite things about being an adult 
is every time I get really high and I'm at the grocery store and I realize I can buy as much as I can afford. <laughs> like, no one can tell me. Like, I love Bro. more than anything. Put That's my AirPods so true. in, sound canceling on, Central Market. That's our bougie grocery store. With I locally love it. Processed stuff. Yeah. I, I, was make, I was cooking dinner for my wife last night. She's starting a new job. I'm all excited for her. And I found a recipe for the crispiest baked potatoes you can make. And I was like, let's fucking go. Let's figure wow. it out. So I'm going through it. And then I found in the olive oil aisle, they have porcini mushroom infused olive oil directly Whoa. from Italy. And they have just a little two ounce one. Yeah. It's 13 bucks. But it's, <sighs> it's two ounces. And it's almost exactly what the recipe calls for. Two ounces? You can fit that in your pocket. I want to support the people of Italy. <laughs> yeah, did you see what they went through during COVID? How dare you? Yeah, they were singing from their balcony. Do you realize that you were pro-bat? You have to wear a mask. That's why I'm pro-mask. I said pro-bat. Yeah. But I'm pro-mask. Are you? Ooh. Yeah, because then you can shoplift on camera and they can't find you. Oh, I just wear a disguise and talk with a British accent. <laughs> oh, man, impressionism's got to be great for crime. Yeah, bro. We just got robbed by Alec Baldwin as a Muppet. What so, just happened? So I yeah, no, if I was ever going to break into someone and murder them, I'd fake an, an accent for sure. I do this terrible bit that never made it. <laughs> That's true, though. You, By the way, I would, too. And I would walk <laughs> hunched down. Yeah. Like, I can't tell how tall he was. I used this terrible Where bit, though, where I was small. like, how do, how do impressionists work for you? And I go, hey, I, uh, I, go, I would call and, and make a reservation as Bernie Mac. <laughs> and then I hung up the phone, and I'm like, Bernie Mac is dead. <laughs> but I still had to go in and be like, I'm here with Bernie Mac's estate. We had a reservation for two tonight. <laughs> it's the dumbest joke. It's like, get the fuck oh, out of here. Man. God damn. We had two. We had two. We had two. You can say, some of a bitch. God damn. You gonna let this motherfucker in? You say I'm dead? You can't let this motherfucker come Can you please say his line from Charlie's Angels 2, Full Throttle? What does he say? Black Irish, you ain't never heard of a McRib? Oh, yeah. Yo. Black Irish, you ain't never heard of a McRib? <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love Bernie Mac. R.I.P. He's the best, dude. I love, love Bernie Mac. I ain't scared of you, motherfuckers. Yeah. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. <laughs> I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Dude, I love the jeans. I love the jeans he's wearing in that, dude. The paint on, dude. Dude, he comes out and then he goes, King! <laughs> I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. You know the story behind that is that there was a guy that came up before him and they booed him off. Wow. And he was just like, then he did not even have that plan to say. But he was, and then he was like, DJ, <laughs> yeah, that is one of my favorite sets of all time. That's Crusher, so cool. dude. He's Orange Crush, dude. He is so <laughs> fucking. And they said he never wanted to follow him on the. I feel like he's more of a Grape Crush guy, dude. I didn't, <laughs> brother, I didn't want to say it. I thought it, but I'm like, if I say it, I'm literally holding it. I go, don't say it. you're gonna sound racist. <laughs> I get let Mike say it. <laughs> 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 you know when he did it, Kings of Comedy He went last Because they were like We can't follow him Yeah Because they're like When he's done The show's done Yeah, yeah legend yeah. Fucking legend Yeah man He It was always really cool too Because they would set up Two cameras to follow each eye <laughs> Hilarious <laughs> That's Forrest Whitaker No Bernie Mac had a lazy no, I know. as fuck dude but, but it's not as known As Forrest Whitaker Yeah but his is No it's his Aggressive he's, he's talking about, yeah. He has two separate <laughs> faces like, Where's he looking Yeah <laughs> He was two faced. I don't think they're cockeyed. He just they move around a lot. They just bug. he's not cockeyed because black people are famously homophobic. But <laughs> they love chicken. Yeah. 
That's the cock eye. He's yeah. chameleon eyed. <laughs> Googly eyed. He has just one eye always finding chicken. <laughs> Other ones for sight. I thought you were there looking out for homo, looking out for gays. Yeah. Like, Protect That's me. That's my cock eye. That's a good place to end it. <laughs> okay. Thanks for watching. You use a grinder for defense. <laughs> you had grinder? Cool. Stay away from me. My profile no, just like, says, I'm straight. Yeah, <laughs> I'm straight. We can't leave it. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so uh, we got to wrap up, but where can people find you? You're going on tour soon. Where can they go see you? Uh, I am going to be in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, May. Hold on, I got to look this up. Sorry, but these just, we just have all these days. Your phone out. matches your outfit. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Green Power Ranger. That's so cool. So um, May 3rd, uh, so, yeah, I'm at the Louisville Comedy Club. May 4th, I'm at Fort Wayne Comedy Club in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Hell yeah. May 5th, I'm at Skyline Comedy Club in Appleton. Uh, and 6th and 7th, I'm at Hyenas, Dallas, and Fort Worth. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great one. I cannot wait. And then I'm at, um, I'm, uh, I'm doing, there's a uh, uh, Comedy Club of Kansas City. I'm there all weekend, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th of June. Perfect. And so that's a, a new club, I guess, that opened up that I've had a, a lot of friends just went through and love it. Awesome. So that's, but more dates will be coming in. But at Jonathan Kite on, on everything. And um, more dates will be posted. Those are literally just coming in. So I'll have a bunch more in the next couple, couple weeks. Hell yeah. Well, thank you so much. Dude. For coming yeah, it was great having you. You guys are the best. This was amazing. This was awesome. I said off mic, I was like, I've been trying to get on the podcast. Shout out to Ryan Neeson, who was like, you guys want, you want to do my buddy's podcast? I'm like, yeah. And then I told him three times, yeah. And then he never responded. And I had to fate run into Eli on the street. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, and I still have not. I've talked to Ryan several times today, and he's not what brought up the Ryan? podcast. <laughs> Shout out to Ryan. He said, just got married. Just got married. Yeah, I was at did. the wedding Congrats. in Cabo. It was awesome. Yeah, Ryan's was a good so guy. He's a great yeah. guy. What's up, Ryan? Love him. I love your watches. Yeah, you have great watches. <laughs> He's a comedian, and nobody will, is talking about his comedy right now. Yeah. Like, uh, he's a great dude, roaster. He's a great, he, he's a great no, no, roaster. He is. That's the thing. He's one of those guys that he writes, and he's written Punch-Up, and I will not out these people, for some incredibly famous, successful comedians mm -hmm. have used his Punch-Up. He's an incredibly, check him out, Ryan Neeson. I don't know what his Instagram is, but he follows me. It's so. at Ryan Neeson, N-E-S-E-N. Is it just two? I think two. it might be the Ryan Neeson. I, yeah. yeah, I think it's the. I think it, I wanted his to be a, Liam's brother. Yeah. Where it's just like, I, <laughs> I don't know who you are, but I can get you a watch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. This is another episode yeah. of Pickle Boys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.